Small announcement. Change of plans. I know we said we'd be watching Class of 74. John had to go on a little secret mission, so we're going to watch Class of 74 next week. But this week, in John's place, we have George O'Connor, friend of the show, New York Times bestsellers, filling in for him. Is that good? Hi, everybody. It's me, George O'Connor, pal of the SETI Bemco pro- program, New York Times bestselling author of Olympians, co-host of the uh, Hypothetical Island podcast. Hi, I'm going to be your John today. John said, please don't touch his My Little Pony collection. I've already resorted them by color and size. Uh, I've, I've placed several of them into uh, sexually compromising positions. I even popped one of their heads <laughs> off and switched it with another one. So he's going to be upset, but it's going to take a while to notice, I think. Okay. Why do you have that bottle of olive oil? Well, the olive oil is to help me pop the heads off. <laughs> also, if you work it into the My Little Pony's manes, it makes it silky and smooth. It's the SETI BIMCO Show with your hosts, Tim and Phil and co-host, friend of the show and New York Times bestseller, George O'Connor. Don't worry, we ordered enough olive oil. So I hope that we certainly hear from John. I know that like, you know, people who've been listening to the podcast, there's been a lot of strange happenings in John's world. We're not mm-hmm. going to get into making jokes, but no. like... He will hopefully be checking in at some point during the episode. Yes, maybe. Why do you think that? I don't know. I just, you know, John and I, we have like kind did of a shining, you know? It's like, did you fall into a coma and wake up with ability to see the future? But, well, okay. It's funny you say that because sometimes I'll be like sitting there late at night and I just kind of fall asleep and I wake up and I feel like I am John. Is that weird? Like, it's like <laughs> yes, almost it like is. we which places that never happens to you where you just kind of like no. inhabit the body of someone you know mm-hmm. it's interesting because john's taller than me so i enjoy having the extra height yeah <laughs> i'm trying to yes and this i don't know where you're going are i don't you, know either. are you are you wearing are, are you are you really john you're just wearing george's skin is that what you're saying <laughs> Man, that would be messed up, right? I don't know what's going on. I'm doing a pretty good imitation of George's voice, I think. I really got the diesel quality down. You can do a better English accent than than John. Give me something to say (laughs) in English accent, I'll do it. No, I mean Irish, sorry. Say This is the beginning of the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hint of what's coming. So later, we're going to have Mikey P on later, who has been a guest on Movie Mixtape, Dune Pod. Um, he's going to share his... And he's going to um, share his embarrassing high school story. I have no idea what it's about. Be, no, no idea at all. No idea. Might not even be embarrassing. Might be uplifting. It might be about might his be first... Depressing. Might be about watching the movie that we're also going to talk about. And we're, yes, we're going to... Mikey, Mikey wanted to watch a movie and tell a story, so we watched Generation X from 1996. The X-Men adjacent pilot that never went to series and do you want to do what john does or we can go right to the movie do you you have anything amazing that happened this week what did happen this week um this has been interesting week um my girlfriend's out of town so for the past few days i've been kind of like just living the bachelor life but like you know i don't really live the bachelor life these days that explains the olive oil bottles that's the olive oil bottles everywhere. Keeps my skin silky smooth, especially in some areas. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mostly, I've just been uh, like doing like a little bit of cleaning during the day. Been doing a little bit of writing in my backyard, talking mm-hmm. to my cats a lot. It's getting kind of sad. 
Wow. It's, uh, yeah. We should have a big party. You know, I was going to have a big party, but as we're recording this, like, everyone's out of town. It's just like you and I are the only people around. And that would be boring. Yeah. I what? put my is, feet. Is anything happen? I put my feet in your pool. No, my pool died. <laughs> Did a porcupine <laughs> go through your yard? I think it was actually a stray cat. It's like dying a very slow death. Like it's definitely deflating very, very slowly over the course of many, many days. And now it's just kind of like, it's it's a little kiddie pool, I should mention everybody, that inflates and I don't know, it's just slowly losing air. Not, I, I should take it in. Mm-hmm. I should pump it back up. It's just, I'm just letting it kind of wither on the vine out there. It's okay. It's becoming quite the eyesore. All right. Withering. How about you, Tim? What what exciting happened to you this week? Nothing really happened to me this weekend, but we filled up this episode. We did. This episode is so chocked full of goodness that... So let's introduce our guest. All right. You think? Mikey P. Yeah, so he's been sitting here very quietly staring at us, tenting his fingers. Enough about my little pony. Let's talk to uh, Mikey. (laughs) Mikey... (laughs) Mikey P, as he's known. Mikey P is a pseudonym, correct? It is. It is my yeah, name, but like, in the real world, you can't handle your actual identity. So let's try. This it. is kind of like a like a witness protection sort of deal. Your story is going to be so out there and so horrifically traumatizing. <laughs> you know what it is, George? I don't think I don't know if it's like you're. You know, I don't like the sound of my own name. It's always. It was always. If you get the full name, you're always in trouble. So I, I think. Yeah, I don't like it either. Where my QP? Did we introduce you? Mikey P's on the show. I got interrupted I by a bag. Thank a you for bag having rattling me. rattling around on the floor. I'm he's upset friend, too. I friend thought... of the Discord uh, mm. calls into Bat and Spider, and he's been a guest on Movie Mixtape with uh, Dirk and Marcy. And who else mm-hmm. have you guest, guested with? Others, right? Doom Pod is another one, yeah. Doom. We're actually Dune. this week. Doom Pod. Sorry. Doom, not Dune. Because there's a Doom Pod. Herbert novels. I'm sorry, what? Is that about the Frank Herbert novels? Yeah, it is. It is. Well, they, they actually go through. They spent the first year preparing for the Dune movie, D-U-N-E, uh-huh, and then they've done movies associated with people making that movie, and now they're oh, doing. A, uh, it's just a movie movie podcast. So, have you um, done Aquaman, or have they done Aquaman? No, is he associated with Dune. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh, oh Momoa, Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. Oh, Momoa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good oh, point. that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, oh, look, George is getting on the show. He's already he's already uh, campaigning to be on Doompod. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm upset too. I, I asked George before we started recording too. What was the worst thing Tim ever did to you? And I liked his answer. I hope that can make it to the show. No, it can't. <laughs> George is guest host. <laughs> he's just, just learning the ropes. Guest. I mean, for now, <laughs> it seems you know. I mean, Wait, what? I can engineer John's permanent disappearance. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. We should, we should get to the the movie. Who picked mm. this? But we oh, we all right into the movie. Yes. Oh, we're, we're going to talk about Mikey's story at the end. That's the okay. Icing. Uh, okay. So. Is that okay, Mikey? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Is your traumatic high school story having watched Generation X <laughs> TV movie and loving it? Yes. <laughs> the trauma that I endured this week to prepare for the for this show. <laughs> I have a question before we start. Did yeah. any of the three of you actually watch this back in the day? Mikey, you go first. I did. I actually prepared 
myself the, the, for this airing. I made a VHS blank tape, made a really cool design, Generation <laughs> X on the, on the spine. Really? I couldn't wait for this to come out. Yep. I was super prepared. Is, is this your embarrassing high school story? <laughs> no idea what I was going to get, but I was, I, I was very hungry for anything X-Men related. Right. Anything Marvel. I mean, we, yeah. let's turn the clocks back to 1996. There was, I mean, X-Men, the animated series, I think, was the biggest pop culture thing. If you were reading, yeah, reading Marvel or reading X-Men. Yeah, huge Captain X-Men America movie. Well, to, we don't talk re-watch. about that. That's right. <laughs> that was Did you never, watch it? Huh? That hadn't been officially released. Was bootlegging up to the up to the limits of releasing that yet? I don't know. I don't know. That was before we'll, the internet. That we'll was yet to, to no. Like we'll get to the technology <laughs> thing. They mention email so much in this movie. Did you notice? Matt Frewer was like email. I'm emailing. Um, we'll there we'll get to that. Profanity, which I was like, didn't this air on? We'll Fox? get to that. It was one yeah. little scene I think they added where she just says "fucking this, fucking that." She just got him in. I was, I, I actually, even though this was one of the worst things I've ever watched, I actually hoisted myself up off my couch because <laughs> I was watching this on my computer and clicked back to be like, "She yeah. didn't just say fucking shit her pants, did she?" Right. And sure enough, she did. You're taking all my comments. That's what I was going to say. I actually ahead. was thinking like uh, they found out that they were being not picked up for a, like a season of TV. I don't, I don't know if this was an official movie, right? This wasn't like a pilot for a TV show. I, no, so I, I did some researching. It, okay. it was a pilot for a TV show. Um, okay. Misguided. And, and yeah. so for listeners, we all watched this on what I could only describe as the grainiest <laughs> yes. video inside of Bigfoot. <laughs> of like it's on youtube so you can find it you can watch along with us um i there is rampant cursing so i suspect that this got at some point like a vhs release like well that was my comment i thought they were like found out that they weren't picking getting picked up for a season and then the director was like you know what just for 30 seconds, just say as many curse words as possible. And the Jubilee is just like, fucking, fucking shit. What the fuck was that? And I was I did the same thing that. you did, George. Was, I was like, what just happened? Was that real? <laughs> there was other like weird, swe- not, not swearing, just like things I wouldn't think they'd say. Because the guy there was with a lot that x-ray was... eyes, he's like, nice beaver. He's looking at nice the Nice beaver. <laughs> I was stunned at that. All right, wait. I know. Okay, before Let's we get, get back into the start. <laughs> All right. That's all the cherries on <laughs> Who can do a synopsis? I can do oh. a synopsis. Generation X was a 1990s era spin-off of the X-Men, kind of uh, like a junior class, similar to the New Mutants, but I guess they had gotten too old at this point. Mm-hmm. I want to point this out. At no point in this movie are they ever identified as Generation X. Like that's never mm-hmm. given no. as the team name. There's never any explanation what the X-Men are. They do go to Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. No, he's not there. Xavier is at all. <laughs> and so I, I feel like in the future, people will watch this movie and think it is just a, an indictment of the actual generation that we are all members of Generation right. X. Like, this is just what it's like. <laughs> so it was, uh, from what I've read, it was chosen for the pilot because, as Mikey pointed out, the X-Men cartoon was doing gangbusters at this point. X-Men were selling so many copies in the comics. It was a huge thing. And they were uncertain of making the lump, the jump to live action. This is a, this mm-hmm. movie came out in 96. I think the first yes. X-Men film was 2000. 
Mm-hmm. So they tried this with a property that was adjacent to the X-Men, but if they fucked it up beyond belief, it wouldn't damage the brand. Mm. And they fucked it up beyond belief. <laughs> and I don't know if it damaged the brand, but I feel like there's a pretty good reason we haven't seen really strong mm. portrayals of Jubilee, Banshee, mm. and Emma Frost in live action. Mm. I think those characters got sullied. Now, John, George, I didn't even go to St. John. <laughs> How many times is he going to do that? All right, here's the synopsis. Okay. So there's a school for gifted youngsters. It is run by two adult mutants, Emma Frost and Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy has a terrible fake Irish accent. He screams. Emma Frost has Scottish. the power that when you kind of look at her, uh, like a fan goes on or something. I think yes. it's those people powers. And they, this is a world where mutants are a known entity. They're everywhere, yes. a character says. Uh, there is a Mutant Registration Act. We don't learn really anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are an unregistered mutant, uh, really bad government AP, AP people will come and take you away. And we don't know what happens to that. So this school goes around and recruits students. And the students that they have recruited, it starts off, we meet um, Jubilation Lee, mm-hmm. uh, who makes fire Non-Asian Jubilee, by the way. Yeah, she has been whitewashed. It's, it's stunning. Don't go into that story. <laughs> <laughs> and... This isn't a comic um, book podcast. (laughs) And a guy named, I don't remember his last name, Angelo. He is the mutant known as Skin. I have a lot to say about him as well. He's stretchy, vaguely. But it seems Mm -hmm. to hurt him a lot. And (laughs) it doesn't do him any good at all. And he's really about computers, but we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. And then they join their other mutants who are uh, X-ray eye guy, like Peeping Tom dude, uh, strong girl, uh, hard boy. um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hard wait. boy <laughs> he's he's mondo he has the ability to become as hard as anything he touches he's absorbing man basically yeah but he doesn't become the thing like he no, touches they, they couldn't so afford that in special effects. this <laughs> is so cheap mm, i yep. think the three of us could get together and like we could make a better looking movie in many aspects than this like you know I was trying to look up the budget. It was four million dollars, and I feel like oh. that's pretty mm. substantial for. God, I feel like you could do sick. something with four million dollars. I well, mean, do you, Matt Frewer? He had a hit sitcom before this. You know that <laughs> Doctor Doctor and Max Max Headroom. Yeah, the bad guy is Matt Frewer, <laughs> aka so Max Headroom. He probably oh got a lot of the budget. He was, you know, he was no, he wasn't nobody. He had a sitcom. Oh. He was Max Headroom. Emma Frost oh. was Finola Hughes. I think she was on a soap opera. All my children. I looked her up because I could not place. I was like, I've seen her. The movies didn't register. My mom was a big All My Children fan, and that's where I saw her. The Um, guy who gets as hard as things he touches, Mondo, uh, his real name is Bumper Robinson. I'm just throwing it out because it's funny. His name is Bumper. That's pretty good. (laughs) Bumper. Um, Was there something? Oh. Well, here's where I should pick up the plot again, right? So the mutants all get together at the school where they're being trained to be superheroes. They literally say that. But uh, Matt Frewer is like uh, – he's basically the Riddler from Batman Returns, the Jim Carrey one. That's not Returns. But he's Batman also Piper. basically Freddy Krueger. He's mm. totally Freddy Krueger. He has a dream machine that lets him go inside people's dreams 
and he could make people fart on cue. And I'm not even making a bad joke. This We're is literally the plot point. <laughs> I have a lot to say um, about that, George. Nothing about <laughs> mutant stuff. He wants a mutant's brain for some reason. Because, because there's, there's, there's a nonsensical idea in this movie. If you're a mutant, you can walk around in dreams. They mention that once in yeah, a while. Yeah, but then they don't do it. Like, they literally no. have... There's, like, a weird, like, medical table in one of the rooms of the Xavier Institute that, mm-hmm. like, let, it's called the Dream Machine. And they could go in it and stalk people. I think that table and, was in Star Trek. Are you a big Star <laughs> Trek per- person, Mikey? Next no. Generation. Uh-uh. You're not, no, for okay. some reason I was. Never I mind. Guess you had to pick a camp. Cut, I was in Star Wars. Conversa- I'm sorry. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And like, well, it's have, funny you uh, mentioned uh, Max Headroom because I thought the lab that he was in, I was like, this looks straight out of L.A. And I, I made a comment, Max Headroom, and I was like, nobody's going to remember what that reference was, but it looked like something oh, yeah. futuristic, and I didn't even realize that was the same guy that played Max Headroom. Hmm. Whenever he so was I- hanging out, the colors were like the '60s Batman yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely like the director was making mm-hmm. a comic book centric decision where there was always a off to the side, a green light yeah. cast on the characters to give them like a comic pop and everything mm-hmm. was Dutch angled. Yeah. I mean, he was trying. Did you look at that at that director's filmography? The I looked up the writer. Not the okay, director. this is really telling because you already said this. The bad guy is essentially Freddy Krueger. He moves through dreams and stuff. It has nothing to do with mutants. He's not mm-hmm. from the comic at all. The director directed Freddy 2. Oh. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So you really I like have a whole film. theory. This is a, this is a repurposed Nightmare on Elm yeah, Street. Yeah, that's what I thought. You listen to yeah, Freddy, I don't, Freddy and Spaghetti? That's another podcast. They do Freddy oh, movies. We and should do this. On, because yeah. you always yeah. talk about what are they going to do? Because there's only like so many Freddy Krueger films. Well, this is yeah, like a self-Freddy Krueger. We mm-hmm. stole it from him. Sorry, Kablasto. Sorry, Yoli. They can do their own. They like to talk about good movies, though. <laughs> no, they don't. They talk about Freddy Krueger movies. <laughs> so well, it's I interesting, too. His, his, oh. the, sorry, the bad guy, also, he got his origin story from marketing because of that idea that you can put <laughs> subliminal messages in people's minds and make them right. buy whatever you want. That was where he came from. And then he Which got has, too rogue for them. And has what to do with mutants? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he now, was weird. Mike, you mentioned settings. Did you all? I don't know how many of you have seen the X Men movies. I already yeah. looked it up, George. That was the same yeah. castle. It's, it's the same. They actually have the same castles. <laughs> they use the X Men movies. Like that is Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Yes, and yeah. same set. Like that's amazing to me. And like the other thing, they Smallville, you know, castle. They also know. kind of borrowed the. Uh, they started off with um, like a voiceover thing about what what a mutant is and right. the mutant right. registration. I suppose they kind of picked some things up to, for the X Men movie. I mean, I know we can we're going to trash it, but I want to talk about some good aspects about this movie. And one is like oh it God. did it did feel cool. Like it did feel like an X Men type of spinoff, even though it was poorly executed. I felt like this tried to be as devoted to the X Men as possible. And not be what you said, like not trash the X Men. Let's let's do something with the spinoff. I also think hey. like the the kids, the teenagers. I kind of liked their interaction. Like even though it was kind of forced and it was like cheesy dialogue, I feel like they really made smart decisions to talk about who these characters are and their different personalities. I feel like I got a good sense of them without really. I don't think you had to read the comic to really know which one of them are. And okay, then I think you need to give a. I did. <laughs> I did a very glossed over and frankly rude encapsulation of these characters. Tell us. No, like, 
Not I at all. I don't know these kind. Of, go ahead. Oh, I wanted to hear you uh, give me the encapsulation for because I definitely forgot at least one. Oh, I forgot. Uh, oh, I forgot Monet. She Monet. does nothing. Yeah. She. Do we see her back at one point? She was getting. Was wasn't she the one getting changed in the in the? Is she the muscle the girl? Dressing? No, there's she's a, the muscle girl. No, right? Muscle girl no. is. She's Harley. the one. She's the one at the beginning because they did this a lot. Oh they, yes. they stuck her in her like underwear the on the bed and talked to the new girl. It was like okay, that's right because Emma that's Frost right. had just been on screen and Emma Frost wears low cuts, you know stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So if we're gonna talk about this sort of disappointing and upsetting stuff, we'll get there. Uh, the, the the very white jubilee, no longer Chinese American. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a big graphic on camera stating she's fifteen years old. The oh. the actor playing her is definitely thirty, but that's besides the point. Wow, she's fifteen years old, and then there's a very weird scene where right after she's recruited to join Generation X, again the team that's never named in this movie, she's forced <laughs> to remove all her clothing. That's right, so weird. And she so weird. And Frost, and they're kind of making fun of her, and like yeah. Angela, the stretchy guy, is watching, and they're like, "Oh, you're next to me, boy. I like you tight, you tight." It's insane. Yes. It's you're, so you're, unnecessary. They're getting ahead of me. They make so them get naked just to scrape their shoulder. <laughs> Two. That's all they did, right? I mean, that's all we got to see. But the camera, God, it was from behind, so we only saw her from like mid back down. We don't know what was going underneath. It was, it was no. probably propane. I will say I, I love the faithfulness of introducing Jubilee at a um, arcade, just like the just like in the animated series. I thought that's the best way to introduce any character. Is Mikey, it, it's your, your head is way too much into the comics. <laughs> I also I'm trying to give some, I'm trying to give some counter some trying to give some <laughs> counterpoints here. I thought that was cool. Yeah, she even mentioned and he worked on Virtua Fighter, and then he they cut to her playing Virtua Fighter in in the in the so, And did you see the X Men game in the background? Uh, I missed it. That's, oh, I missed it. It was I couldn't see through the uh, Sega. <laughs> I couldn't well, see through the webcam that we watched. Up a lot. That's really odd. It's like yeah, they must have paid like some sort of money to these filmmakers. Like, hey, give us a good mention. Mm-hmm. And it's literally mentioned that like the bad guy goes into people's brains and puts <laughs> ads for Virtua Fighter, and you're like, that's that's yeah. what you want to be out there. And Matt Frewer was hanging out in the arcade. Like, <laughs> why? He why was no he? Story. He's just trying to pick up teenagers. He he was a total Freddy Krueger like pedophile type character. This whole movie, he was licking the girls' faces. He was, I mean, that's uh, the thing. That's did he know and, what he that's was the the real thing about this movie. The, the the lowest point, I think, if we can, is oh, what's his name? Max Frewer. Matt, Let's Max just call him Max Hedrum. Matt Frewer. Max Hedrum. F R E or Max Hedrum. See, I didn't know who he was, and I, I honestly just thought because of, of the time he was doing a, a huge, like embellished Jim Carrey impression. I, think I thought, so, yeah, and he was like way over the top, and it's fine for a couple scenes, but there's probably heats up half of the, the screen time, I think, and there's just way yes. too much of him just being way eccentric and just over the top, and it just mm-hmm. it's cringeworthy almost. Oh, and yeah, I think that's that's I think if you take that out, you have more of the kids. It could work, I think. I think if I was looking at like a producer picking this up, Mikey, I'd be like, "We're taking this out. This guy's out." I'm thinking we could do something with this. I'm Can trying we to look talk at the about good. The opening scene, then, because we're going all the way back there. Yeah, because that? that's when I knew I had to turn it off for a second because I'm like, "Oh, this is me bad." Like we're we're in like a dimly lit studio. Like there's no discernible walls. It's just it's just a big empty soundstage. That's right. There's a little bit of medical equipment in there. 
and Matt oh. Brewer, a.k.a. Max Headroom, is about to do brain surgery <laughs> on a captured mutant. Who's and awake. This, who is awake, which I think you have to be awake for brain surgery, honestly. This mutant was just wearing like a straight-up rubber monster glove. Right. <laughs> It was so piss poor looking. And I'm like, oh, this movie is inexpensive. Like, with the $4 million, I would say $3.5 million went to Matt Frewer. So. $250,000 went to Finola Hughes. The rest of the cast played the rest. And they snuck onto the Xavier estate and filmed the rest right. of the They had no permits. <laughs> it was, they had $100 of like tickets to go to a local fair. And they said, let's shoot the, <laughs> one of the scenes at the local carnival. Oh my god! And then yeah, and then the big intro of White Queen's. Do they call her White Queen? They never do. No, they just um, said Emma, Emma Frost. Just Emma. Or, yeah. So Emma, Emma Frost, okay, the White Queen. Her power. There's a scene where she busts in suddenly in the middle of it. She's like, "Don't put that drill in that weird rubber monster hand guy's head." And and wind blows. Well, no, then the government agents come in. They're like, oh, we're taking right. him anyway because he's not registered. And she's <laughs> like, and, and her boss is like, we're going to fire Max Headroom. And she gets really mad. And then the the fan turns on. Yes. And if you have no idea who Emma Frost is, there was nothing to show that she had telepathy or any of her other. Like, I'm right. like, oh, so she has vaguely Storm's powers. Like, she's the <laughs> inside so. version of Storm. She can make fans turn on. It was, yeah. And she always wears white. And she she does wear a lot of boobtastic outfits. She's really, yeah. yeah they kept I did that like how they out. did. I did like how they did showed her mental powers though, and you can see she tricks them to see what she wants them to see. It's a cheap. It's like a cheap thing to do, and it, it worked. It was effective. Mikey, you're being too yeah, wait, nice. No. He is being Mikey, nice. Mikey, you know, it's gonna be oyster crackers for you for dinner. Stop. <laughs> Given this, how about okay? Let's I, talk I about the introduction. No, Wait, the no, thing no. you're talking about is pretty good. Mm. Where like Jubilee has been detained by the government, and mm. she comes in with Banshee. It's his intro. Do and his voice. Do his voice. Say, hey, it's me, the Banshee. I'm up to your lucky charms. <laughs> I need to tell you. And uh, his voice, his accent, really was about that level. It, I was, <laughs> I was surprised. But how they, how they, how about, okay. how about Officer Hootie and Officer Blowfish? They're oh, singing yeah. nineties. Very nice. So many so much not- topical stuff like that. Do you know when about the them, George? The they're they're an American rock band. Uh, I they, they formed in Columbia, South Carolina, in 1986. You know too much about them, but did you, you know? Do you know the song uh, "Wagon Wheel," the country song? You know the Sing. P? No. It's a big no song song from a few years ago by Darius Rutger, and I had no idea oh. he was from Hootie and the Blowfish. He did this. He is Hootie, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, George. He is oh, Hootie. Yes. I do know Hootie, Hootie, Hootie is their pet dog. That's what Hootie is. <laughs> you know that? How about his... You're I right. Mean, I think oh, I was thinking of Moira Mataggart. She was from Scotland. She's Scottish. Ours. Yeah. You know um, how many times Darius Rucker from Hootie the Blowfish, you know how many times he's seen the movie Stir Crazy? Give a guess. <laughs> Mikey P. and George. See who wins. 59. Six. Nope. 100 times. So Mikey, Mikey's closer. Did you just look up his letterbox? Is that what you were you looking at? I read his Wikipedia. Darius on there? <laughs> That's on Why there, huh? What an intro. <laughs> you know what? We can't prove you wrong, so you can say whatever you want. Say a thousand times. You There's know no what? Tim famously had his Wikipedia. Somebody <laughs> removed it. 
but I want to reinstate it with mentions of how many times he's seen every film he's ever seen. Just, <laughs> just fill it with that stuff. How Guess many what? times has he seen Generation X? Twice. <laughs> That's pretty good. So listen. Listen, some, something important has happened. Yes. John tried to call from his, John, from his mysterious trip, and he left mm. a message. I'm going to play it. All right, let's hear it. Let's see if this works okay. Hey, Tim. Hey, New York Times bestselling author and friend of the show, George O'Connor. Sorry, I guess you must be out doing something. Um, George, thanks for filling in for me this week on the show. Um, as you all may know, or maybe don't know, I'm out in L.A. I um, got a guest starring role on a new pilot for Hulu. It's a reboot of the classic 1980s series, Give Me a Break. Um, this time, though, instead of Nell Carter, they have cast Rebel Wilson as the sassy, overweight housekeeper. And the reason for doing that was they wanted the show to be whiter. Um, of course, if you do recall the original Give Me a Break, uh, except for Nell Carter, that was probably one of the whitest shows on television. We have run into a little problem, however, because Rebel Wilson has lost a lot of weight and, you know, it's kind of hard to play the sassy, overweight housekeeper when you've lost a lot of weight. But she's got a great catchphrase. <clears throat> um, I don't know if you remember the Meryl Streep movie, A Cry in the Dark, where she plays the Australian woman and her line is, A dingo ain't my baby. Well, the Rebel Wilson catchphrase is, A baby ain't my dingo. Because apparently in the 2000s, there, were this, there was this rash of um, dingo-eating babies in Australia. So that's the, that's the catchphrase. It's a very, very, very uh, traumatic time in her life. But that is, and it's just, you know what? I really don't care. They're going to cut me a check for $9,100. I don't think this thing is going to fly. But nice. anyway. Well, look, I don't know what you guys are doing. Maybe I don't want to know. Maybe it involves He-Man. Maybe it involves cake farts. I don't know. But I'll try you a little later. Um, don't mess up the show, George. Talk to you later. Well, my Irish accent is no longer the worst accent on the show. <laughs> that was Australian. I know. That's what I'm saying. That was a terrible one. <laughs> Sorry, John. Just, wow. You know... He, I don't think there are amphibians in Australia, so it makes sense he'd be bad at Australian accents. Because, <laughs> of course, John doesn't know what amphibians are. Or reptiles. Or reptiles. <clears throat> it's all a mystery to him. All right. That was amazing. That was <clears throat> weird. Been done. Right in the middle of our generation. Yeah, expert. that was wild. Sorry. That was cool. What producing? Tim, amazing. <laughs> Can I make well, I a second? I missed that? his call. I wish he could have been on. Oh, that just that literally just happened right now. I thought this thing yeah. was sitting. Okay, that's cool. Um, um, can I make a? Can a we weird go back? I, I, oh, what do you want to say? So, um, oh, no, I got nothing. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about skin. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the movie. Okay, there is a bit. So, okay, so the the basic thing, our our point of view characters are Jubilee and Skin. They're the new students. They join um, the X-ray eye guy, whose name is Refrax, apparently. Um, he can or shoot Kurt. beams too. He can shoot beams and see through stuff. Once they join Mondo, who becomes as hard as things he touches, but he doesn't change his <laughs> appearance at all. 
Um, Arlie, who is, um, when she takes her shirt off from behind, a really muscular guy wearing the wig stands in for her. Yes. <laughs> She's very muscular. We don't really see her do much with it. And uh, Monet, who is also very strong, stronger, we're told, than the hard guy and Arlie, but we never see her do anything. Right. And, um, yeah. So Skin, let me say up. that stretchy powers are my least favorite powers of any mm. character. How you guys feel? I hate stretchy I characters. Mister Fantastic's okay. He never got nutty with it. He didn't turn into a car. Yeah, he doesn't. He's just stretchy. Yeah. Skin Angelo is stretchy, but it seems to cause him great pain. The, the and his, his arm only stretches. He, he's leaving home, and his dick of a little sister grabs his arm as his car is going away. We just see him go ah ah, yes. and she's got this evil shit eating grin. As she's stretching his arm down the street in a world where people get arrested for mutant powers, yeah. she stretches this dude's arm out like twelve feet, mm. and it hurts. Um, yep. And he gets his. It arm looked like a stretch Armstrong too. I That's feel like they didn't do anything but bought a stretch Armstrong. I did like how supportive his family was. His, his yeah, they were good, they were a good family. Oh, yeah, they were nice. They were they setting were up the families for like the eventual series. Like we had that I one weird so. yeah. scene where we see Jubilee's parents talking after she left. It's mm-hmm. like they were like like oh yeah this will be a good recurring gig this will look mm-hmm. good on my IMDb one day no this never gets recurring mm. well skin skin is a shitty person though can we all say he was well, like dream I reveal why, why he's like so he's skin like, he's with a teenager. His powers he's a computer genius for some reason that's about right? all he can do though anything else they're like hey you want to sit at our table yeah hey you want to eat some soup yeah they hey, show his face you want to eat some poop yeah <laughs> I don't know. He was just like the dopiest person. Everyone picks on him, even the other Generation Xers. Um, Mm. So Banshee immediately seems to realize this guy's a loser, and they make him just – the only way he trains is to train on, like, computer simulated – I assume that was the Danger Room, even though they never named it. God. Mm. Yeah, it was just – it was like – if anyone's ever played, like, Five Nights at Freddy's, he's feeling sad. Jubilee's feeling sad because her parents don't love her. And the two of them break into a secret room where there is the dream machine. Right. That Emma Frost stole from the beginning with the guy with the rubber hand. Mm-hmm. There was two dream machines. There was the one oh, that Max Hedrum right. had, and I guess he remade a new one. Yes. Oh, and I then, thought that was Cerebro. I thought that was supposed to be represents Cerebro. You knew, you, you're paying attention to this plot. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> George. I can tell you yeah, the dream, dream machines. <laughs> It was yeah. Well, no, Cerebro. They did show Cerebro. Right, they Cerebro did. Cerebro was literally a fucking desktop. That <laughs> okay, I missed that. I missed that. Couldn't make That's it right. out in the pixelated version we saw. It was so. It was again because they spent all the money on Matt for Finola, who is a replica, yeah, and they snuck into stuff. that building. Um, well, so we got to back up too. I think Angelo sold out. What did he do? Because he wanted to get with a girl in town, yeah. and so he like was selling them out. He that was a precursor. Dreams. That, yeah, well, yeah, that was where. How he was about somebody explain what the dream machine does? Oh, who's going to do that? Sure, go for, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I, I think it let Matt, it let Matt Max Headroom into the dream realm, and he was like, he was not a mutant. No, that's why he needed a machine. And there seemed However, to be books at the library for you to read and be. Oh, you can go into the dream realm, but you have to be a mutant. So that's as much as I understood. Which is weird because the mutants that we met, Jubilee and Skin, who go into the dream room, they need the dream machine too. Oh yeah, dreams are another dimension. They're not just your mind, yeah. your subconscious. It's you're going to a real place. Yeah, because Sandman lives there. 
Yeah, and the Sandman's there, and he's got a talking raven. It sounds mm-hmm. just like Patton Oswalt. It's really weird. Have you watched it yet? I've Mikey? watched half. Sandman. What? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I heard okay. only good things, though. So. All right. We'll move on. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. So I think that's where we get into what Skin and Jubilee do. We need oh, to she say wants that. to go to her parents' dreams, which is creepy, because she wants yep. to know why they got rid of her, right? Because yeah, they send her off to school. And, <laughs> and the way spoke, they clearly never say goodbye to her, because <laughs> Officers Hootie and Blowfish <laughs> take her and, like, get, put her in a van with skin, make her take mm-hmm. her clothes off in front of skin, and then that's <laughs> it. That's her life. And did she visit both her parents' dreams? Her, dream, her parents are in the same dream together? Well, it seems like they her parents were actually not asleep and were just mm-hmm. sitting there having a conversation and she like astrally projected herself to spy oh. on them. Okay. And then Angelo uses it. He had gone earlier to a fair, Angelo's skin, and he had met this cute girl, but her friends were real jerks and they, they say terrible things later. They use the R word like right. nine times. You go to Xavier School for R words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rhymes with petard. That's right. That's right. Um, And, yeah, like, he's in love with this girl, so he wants to meet her, so he goes and spies on her in the dream dream. realm. But the problem is Max Headroom, Matt Frewer, has already created another one, and he uses this for marketing. And this is the most bewildering scene in almost anything I've ever seen where he is having, he's meeting with his boss and his boss is like, that's Matt right. Brewer, you got to stop being crazy. He's like, don't worry, boss. I got it handled. Bibbidi blah, bibbidi do. <laughs> the next day they have this meeting with all these high powered executives and he's being full on Jim Carrey Riddler. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Matt Frewer, he goes in about three minutes. You're all going to have an, wait, I wrote it down. Uh, I had an impression. Two. <laughs> oh, yes. Here it is. I've arranged for the next three minutes, all of you to have an involuntary gastric eruption. And I'm watching at home like, nah, they're not going to do this, right? <laughs> and this is the scene where they pull intense close-ups on yes. all these corporate-looking goons' faces. And mm-hmm. you see a clock tick into place. And they, and they just sit all, there. They're all sitting there looking at each other nervously, and they all start farting. Farting and burping. Couple of them burp. And even the old, even the old lady, she like jumps out of her chair farting. Did you notice that? <laughs> but she seems reacting to the odor, and <laughs> yeah, and this is the this is how he proves his powers. He makes a room full of execs who are meeting what looks like in a, a mall somewhere. But wait, Mikey, Mikey, all- how old were you when you saw this and it came on? Can you sixteen? Sixteen. Oh, so you might have been just a little. I, I'm thinking they made this for eight-year-olds to like laugh hysterically at this scene but the rest of the movie is totally not for eight-year-olds so i was very confused write it now george what should they have done how could he prove his power in that room full of people oh did i interrupt you i mean no i don't know (laughs) well before that the the most unbelievable he shamed that man for dreaming about wearing women's clothing yeah that's true true. he's like you should buy the dress or the lingerie i forget what it was Mm -hmm. oh he just he, everything he says is a wacky non sequitur. I know. And yeah. like, if you're trying to, if you're trying to show like the eighties and something, you show like a picture of Reagan, a picture of Max Headroom, like, a <laughs> Rubik's cube. And like, I don't know, like ET. And that means eighties to people. Like this guy is iconic. And 
here he is just he's making people fart on cue. <laughs> I think they were stars. yeah. I think they thought nine and ten year olds were going to watch this show. I don't know. Well, the man who the wrote, most it, wrote <laughs> Twenty One Jump Street. That's who mm. wrote this. Oh, really? The showrunner for Twenty One Jump Street. Hmm. I mean, I so, thought the most unbelievable thing aspect of that was all those executives didn't want this power, actually. Even though they farted and embarrassed themselves, I'd be like, this is, this yeah. is actually pretty cool because technology. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, they, they actually say that's like a step too far. I'm like, would they really yeah. ever do that? <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and do they unplug him then? Is that why he becomes like a creature? He gets sucked into weird. the dream realm? Yeah. I I, yeah, I guess if you get unplugged while you're plugged in, like you become catatonic or comatose in the real world. And he does this weird twitchy stuff, but then he becomes kind of like nightmare or the Sandman, but he's in the dream realm, but he's like obnoxious. Yeah. And he just hangs out there waiting for Ju- Jubilee. I almost said Jujubee and um, <laughs> skin to kind of show up and stuff. But then he, he totally Freddy Krueger's them. I need to back up. Yeah. You're back. You're, you're totally missing their first day in class. What a terrible teacher. Emma Frost is. <laughs> Because oh, she makes all these remarks like, how do I concentrate and relax? And she's like, pretend you're playing with yourself. Oh, like, yeah. what's going yeah, on? That's right. This? That's right. That, all right. No, how like, do I concentrate and relax at the VHS? same time? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And she had other comments that I forget. They're all inappropriate. And also, that reminds so me, the only other time. Stuff. There was so much spicy stuff like that. Things that were just like. The only that time that. that, that that um, skin got twisted beyond his hand was they gave him that, that weird titty twister and his they whole gave him a purple purple. Yeah. and his whole breasts twisted up. They spent the money on that. <laughs> <laughs> they just stuck gum to the actor's chest and pulled it back. That's all it was. Great. But there's definitely lines that couldn't have aired. No, yeah. Nope. There is the line later when after they encounter Matt Frewer's character, whose name is Russell Tresh. I feel like I should say that. Uh, when they meet Russell Tresh in the dream world, Ju- Jubilee's like, that guy's scary. He's like mm-hmm. a Freddy Krueger. She doesn't say that. And mm-hmm. Skin's like, I don't know. He seems pretty cool. He's helping me spy on this girl I like. It was totally creepy and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're comparing notes, and Ju- Jubilee all of a sudden goes, I was fucking shitting my pants the whole time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is the part we reference. I'm like, oh, this was, that seems against standard and practices for like 1990s yes. Fox 5. She says, yeah. somebody forgot to, it, it was, was probably like an scene. outtake, and they were like, they forgot to take it out of the actual thing, see if anybody was watching. But I wonder about There are scene. those other things. Like you mentioned, the guy with the x ray eyes mentions looking through a bathroom door and staring at a girl's beaver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh. um, He's holding a, a magazine that's it's like a porno mag called Thong and Muscle. I didn't and he see goes that. to Mondo and he's like, it's a close-up. He's like, oh no, I think she looks like Arlie, the, the oh, strong right. girl. Yeah. Is Generation X next generation? Is it bad? Like, hmm. does this represent us? Are we bad people? Mm, I just think it was a bad movie. Hmm. Because North, Northern that? Exposure was on back then. Didn't you watch that? That was all like good people. Funny people. You guys just look at me like, what am I, what? You never saw Northern Exposure? That's <laughs> funny. Out of all the things that happened in the 90s, you come up with Northern Exposure. Mm-hmm. People love that show about, that was on. So how about the, uh, the costume at the end, the big reveal of the big <laughs> yeah. teaser? Who was wearing it? Was that the muscle girl? Muscle girl. Can somebody set that scene, please. Well, wait a minute. 
That's the Sorry. last scene, but we do have to get to it because we've talked for 45 minutes. Well, should we just say, like, so basically... <laughs> oh, oh. So the bad guy... We, oh, we, we were Mikey, there. There's we so many Mikey's times... Story. No, no, no. There's so many times I was like, okay, I'm pausing. It's how much more is left? And it did feel like, are these the first three episodes? I'm like, how is there more? Like, what else are they doing here? And they go into the dream world. They fight it. And then I feel like they started a new story, but it was the same thing. And it was just like... It must have been yeah. three episodes because it felt like... No, it was one movie. I did watch when it was on. I, I, yeah. you, I didn't answer that. But when it mm. was on, I looked at it because I was curious about how things got translated into new medium, media. And just like mm-hmm. George at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is bad. And I think <laughs> I think I did laundry. I think I did stuff. I was home because yeah. I remember seeing parts of it. But I was, yeah. anyway, I was you like, oh, this You is picked bad. up it was bad as a kid? I yeah. wasn't a kid in 96, George. I was an <laughs> adult looking at stuff. You were a relative child. <laughs> but no, it was bad right away. But I think we were so hungry for something like X-Men on the screen or something like that, that we wanted something. Like even like what I said to Emma Frost, where we saw her tricking the guys into seeing them in different costumes. I was like, that's cool. That's okay. That's I saw you mean that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, it, we were so hungry for something live action, I think. Um, this this crawled so X Men could walk the movie that came out four years later. <laughs> well, but this let's, was. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Yeah, this was basically a Freddy Krueger movie, pretty much. The, the, the <laughs> mutants each used their powers movie. once or twice. They couldn't afford to do it any more than that. Well, then the way at the end. Okay, when he so they all his... they all join up together to defeat the bad guy. Who? Let me it's just the, say, he's Matt the Sandman Brewer, basically now. He's the Sandman. But, but he's not, because he's just this skinny guy wearing a multicolored muumuu. He's yeah, got why was he dressed like a wizard? That was weird. Yeah. I don't know. He's got he's... Angelo strapped to a table. He's going to do the brain surgery. This was the one part that made me laugh out loud. Do you guys remember this? Yes, yeah, so he's going to drill him in the head while he's awake again. While he's awake, he's, the drill is like a millimeter, centimeter from his head. And he goes, oh, you know, Angelo, you, you probably think I'm just like a real jerk for this. But I just got to tell you. I really hate your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Angelo, I mean, it wasn't great hair. And then he weirdly You think he ad-libbed that? He did, for sure. <laughs> and here's another the end of the really day. weird part. He looks at the drill and goes, have you been circumcised? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, it's uh, weird. Uh, it was so all then weird. Generation X shows up, and they all take turns using their powers on the powerless skinny middle-aged man wearing a multicolored muumuu their powers are very unimpressive well they, they blow him through a brick wall and then he becomes omnipotent omnipotent he says <laughs> and then he becomes omnipotent and then for the first time skin uses his powers which he's screaming in pain the whole time mm-hmm. to cocoon him in, in loose skin they fall I looked away from the screen because I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I didn't watch. <laughs> I mean, not because it was intense, just because, like, I don't know. Like, there was a dust moat that attacked, retracted my attention. <laughs> and moat. then I'm like, oh, skin's alive. I guess they <laughs> saved skin. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. How, how did they save skin? He just escaped. After they fell into the void, he came back. It's one of those things like, well, I defeated him. Why? No, his, his hand stretched up to the brick wall. Oh. I hate this movie. I was fast forwarding <laughs> so then, at this point. Then the movie ends. They, the bad guy, there's a close up of him twitching in a hospital. He's alive, but his brain is lost. 
And uh, then there's the scene Mikey was talking about, the big costume reveal. Because up until this point, they've just been wearing rad 90s fashions. Right. Except for Emma wears, like, white boobtastic stuff. And Sean Cassidy, Banshee, is straight up dressed like a weird cop. He's even got a fucking badge. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> he does. <laughs> But, but yeah, like, sh- tell him about the reveal, Mikey. Well, I you mentioned Banshee too, and do we remember like his intro? He was like sleeping bare chested in front of like the With, fireplace, like I three feet away from the fire. Or not? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't figure that out. But it was yeah. a weird intro. But the intro was I don't even remember. She burst through the door. She burst through the wall, and she's wearing red spandex and some yellow highlights. Wait, did she and burst like, through the wall? Yeah, he's I don't remember. Bed. He's he's yeah. got a no, you know. no, no. You're confusing scenes. <laughs> Sean is introduced. Emma yeah. appears to him. I think in his dreams. Hmm. Maybe. Oh. I'll talk to you. For, I'll talk to you for a wee moment. He says that. I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Hey then guys, he did before before we go, uh, I see John left another message. Oh. Hey, Tim. Hey, New York Times bestselling author and friend of the show, George O'Connor. Well, I thought I'd try you again. I don't know what you guys are doing, but anyway, I hope you're having a good time. Hope you're not screwing up the show, George. Anyway, um, I just wanted to let you know that... um, Is he dropping uh, live? Filming the pilot for the Hulu reboot of Give Me a Break, starring the still sassy but not quite overweight Rebel Wilson. Um... Anyway, right now I'm out in um, I'm out in John Waters sprawling Malibu estate. Um, John Waters just wanted me what? to say that actually it's a three bedroom ranch house in Oxnard. But anyway, we are celebrating because the uh, unjustifiably and wrongfully convicted Leslie Van Houten has been released from prison. Um, well, we think she's been released. Um, she's here right now. Um, uh, the governor, Gavin Newsom, is out of the country. He's at, he's in some um, trade delegation in Africa in Burkina Faso. And um, apparently, Governor Newsom does keep a very messy desk. And um, we feel that maybe the lieutenant governor, uh, Eleni Kunikalakis, uh, may have meant to sign an acquisition form for some office furniture to go to the San Bernardino Department of Social Services in Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, we feel that she was she thought she was signing that and she may have accidentally uh, signed Leslie Houghton's release. We're not sure. But anyway, um, you know, Leslie, you know, all, all the stab wounds she inflicted on Rosemary LaBianca on her buttocks and lower torso were all post-mortem. Sweet gal, sweet gal. Um, so anyway, I'm preparing a celebratory meal for Leslie. And um, anyway, um, hey, where are all the knives? All right. Every reference he made was lost in me. Every single thing John not. Bought. La Bianca, <laughs> Leslie Van Houten. You know who she is, right, Mikey P? Is she, she related to Millhouse from. Uh, I'm assuming. She's part of Manson's girl, one of Manson's Manson. girls. She's the one. About, give me a break, all the stuff. It's, it's every, every reference the two of you make in the show is like, whoosh <laughs> over my head. I'm like, what? You what? know the Manson murders. Come on, George. I do, but I didn't know who 
Leslie Van Houten is? Or She's the one who said, I didn't kill anyone. I just stabbed them after they were dead. And John Waters is ch- always championing her to get out of prison. And did she really get out of prison or is John just having an episode? I don't know. John just called. Right, looking this up. <clears throat> What's her name again? <laughs> Van Houten, what? Leslie Van Houten. Leslie. John, this you, is like, yeah. John you, you derailed the show. We've talked for 50 minutes. We got to get to how long is your story, Mike EP? How long is your high school story? It's it's probably like five minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> we don't even have to say. We're not going to cut fine. you out. Don't worry. If it's fifteen minutes, you'll stay. <laughs> Remember when Marcy was on the show? I, the, the hour, there was an hour and fifteen minute show. That's fine. I, I'm I'm not in a rush. I try to keep it an hour just so I think people will listen. Oh oh. I don't oh, know. so you don't have to do any editing. I see what you mean. Oh, no, no. I mean, back. I think people, <laughs> oh, I think people, this one. people don't listen to over an hour of a podcast. Oh, I see what you're saying. Every okay. episode of my podcast, of Hypothetical Island, is an hour and 15 minutes, and he knows this. But I know. Just <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> just fucking just challenging me. Nobody listens to your <laughs> shitty show, George. I listen, George. 15 minutes too quick. You just did a crypt- cryptozoid episode. I enjoyed cryptozoid. that. Ooh, I should have called it cryptozoid. Is that right? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Cryptozoic? (laughs) Should we describe the final scene with the reveal of the spandex? We kind of... Well, we're done, yeah. Oh, I was was going quick. What what did you want to say? Did you like the costume? Yeah, I kind of... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. George wants to talk about it, because I kind of was like not really watching this (laughs) That out of a team of like seven or eight people... At the end, there's just one of them staying there in a costume, because the budget was so low. They're like... Yes. And he they said, couldn't. here's your new costumes. And they all look up and kind of smile. Oh, like, really? And they kept doing insane lens flares off the X belt. Right. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make sense to us because we never learned who the X-Men were. No, or no. that the team was called Generation X. Or anything. Okay. But George, listen. Now that Max Hedrum's out of it, the bad guy's gone. Because he was the yes. weakest point of this, this, to be honest. Imagine this team, these cast of characters you got to love. They all have costumes now. Don't you want to watch the next episode of this? Aren't you picking this up if it's on TV? I mean, I would definitely think watch about, the weekend wake out. Yeah, of course. Think about just like the yeah. teenage angst and the drama that can unfold. Not, I want to so see what like X-ray guy, like who else does he look at naked? I didn't realize he was X-ray too. I thought he was like Cyclops where he shot stuff out of his eyes. I didn't no, even get that. Remember when he's, he's kissing Arlie and he looks yeah. down and he sees through her pants and that's yeah, when he okay, runs away because yeah. he right. doesn't want to see her naked that way. And then it's like a little oh. bit of drama. See, I was worried. He was These taking them off. I thought he was going to blow her away. Like, I thought, like, something was going to happen when he took off those goggles. I thought, I got it. It's weird, too, pain. that the guy they made up, he basically <laughs> has Cyclops' powers, and his name is Kurt. It's like, hey, let's remind you of more famous X-Men. I think you read that scene knowledge. wrong, both of you. <laughs> really? When, when he was making out in the car, looking down at her butt. And he, he's and he was trying to say I could see her butt. He could see through her skin. He could see a big fart bubbling. <laughs> see her intestines. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> She's so muscular. Like yeah. the force she could hold in, and when it releases, mm-hmm. it's deadly. Fart jokes. That's where I go. That's, <laughs> so Tim, I mean, are you going to ask your big questions? Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's quiz time. The Bib Code. Study Q&A. Brain twist. Theme song. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it Study Q&A. Brain twist. The Bib Code. I love quizzes. The Bib Code. I'll call it Theme song. There's no wrong answers. This first stupid question, which character from this movie would mm. purposely fart in a crowded elevator? 
I mean, it's, Max Hedrew makes them all fart at the same time in the same elevator. That's true. I was thinking the, what do we call him? X-ray guy. I thought he was going to do that. <laughs> X-ray man. Why? Wait, maybe X-ray guy farts on the kid who gets his heart as if he touches, and that kid becomes gas. <laughs> creative answers <laughs> yeah i thought the stretchy guy the, uh, yeah yeah they spent time on the titty, titty twister joke i thought he'd get punched once and his face would you know be all rubbery and stuck <laughs> that'd be a funnier gag if this is for kids but they, could, if, they couldn't afford that what if what? this what if bumper robinson aka mondo grabs stretchy skin kid yeah throws him on a chair farts on him and it creates like a whoopee cushion sort of sound <laughs> it's a terrible joke. You're saving that for the next episode. If they got picked up, they would have done that. <laughs> Every week it would have ended differently. In the dream realm, uh-huh. farts are silent. I mean, everything's silent. You just hear Matt Fuhrer in the distance farting in the dream realm. That's the only sound you hear in the distance. Uh, so that's a nightmare, not a dream. Wait, is that okay. an yes. answer? That's my answer. That's the one you wrote down. Elevator? I was imagining. <laughs> Well, he would do it in an elevator, but then once he gets to the dream realm, if you're in the dream realm, it's all silence, and off the distance you hear a little whistling sound or, or a little trumpet sound, and that's him farting. <laughs> now, that's it. Next all question. Right. Which, which character would have a podcast? Skin, because he's the computer guy. True. Yeah, oh, we didn't mention that. Fuller, but what's his podcast about? Yeah. Or... Oh. Spying on girls in their dreams. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Being a real fucking creep. <laughs> we didn't talk about that, though. You did mention how he was the computer whiz, and he kept... They did mention email, and I didn't really think about it, but it was 1996, and he was, that was like the big uh, yeah, Matt technology Yeah, like breakthrough. a few times, yeah. he's like, I'll email you, and he's saying it like it's... <laughs> I'll email you. I'm from the future. <laughs> oh, and that's the other thing. When he did break into the computer, he was suddenly smart. He was like, let's show him how they... So let's see if they can deal with how I deal with the drug dealers in wherever he's from. Did right. you hear that line? I'm like, oh, yeah, worked, there was a line like that. You worked for drug dealers and you hacked computers. And you're able to hack mm-hmm. the Xavier's computer because that's how he got into the dream room. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not taking this back to this movie. Let's move forward. <laughs> okay. That's the end of the Please. quiz. Just <laughs> well, do you have one, Mikey? I have a question. Yeah. No, no. questions. These are, all, these are only answers. No, I have a good question. Nope, move not. Mikey, which character would have a podcast? Yeah, I mean, he talks so much. I was saying Max Headroom, whatever his name is. I was calling him Jim Carrey in my notes, but yeah. Max oh, the Headroom. Max Headroom podcast, that's right. Mm-hmm. I would actually listen to that once. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. Well, you forgot the part where they all went to town together and they got in trouble. And Angelo went to see Hootie and the Blowfish because he's a big fan. So I think Angelo, who is skin, he would eventually have a podcast all about Hootie and the Blowfish. Each week, he would ask people, what would have been a better name for this band? And people would never have a wrong answer because there is no name worse than Hootie and the Blowfish for a band. What about Seti Vimco? Except, <laughs> except for the similarly named band Hootie and the Blowfishes. <laughs> this podcast is called, What a Shitty Name for a Band. John Kelly, he has a similar podcast all about the band Night Ranger. And it's called What a Mediocre Band That Is Not ABBA. That was, that's his podcast. Shout out to John. Hope you're doing okay Hi, in LA. <laughs> Angelo's show would get canceled, as would 
because that girl that he creeped on in, in her dreams, she would later talk about him. So everybody <laughs> would cancel him. He get canceled? He's a dream raper. Whoa. A dream, dream stalker. He didn't rape her, yeah. I kept thinking he was going to, though. I was like, they never resolved that plot. It just, I hate to see what would have happened if the show went on. <laughs> I have a question. I'll allow it. All right. Yes. All right. <laughs> Mikey and Tim, if you, if the show had gone to series and assuming it would have kept a similarly low budget and you were tapped to be a guest star, what easy to replicate on a shoestring budget superpower would you have? You mean that the X-Men have or just make it up? Just make it up like they did, like the kid who touches things and gets as hard as them, but doesn't change physically. Well, let's see. I'd just be like like the Vanisher's powers. That's the easiest one. Mm. I'd disappear and then I'd reappear somewhere else. Yeah, I, that Super was my, easy. my same thing. Yeah, I was thinking Nightcrawler. Like you just have the camera trick where you disappear and show up somewhere else without the bamf. Without the fur. I was thinking the same thing. No bamf, just, just like different. turn off the camera and it reappear. All right, that I, wasn't well, I'd be called the silent banisher. <laughs> you could be the, the silent but deadly banisher. Silent, yes. You'd still, smell, you'd still smell it. The, the sulfur smell. <laughs> smell. You just wouldn't hear anything. What if the f- has been doing this whole time? He's just an <laughs> asshole. Yes. I borrow the fans they used, people. repurpose the fans they were using for Emma Frost power and use it for like a storm weather control power, super power. Yeah. <laughs> that big fan is cheap, I'm set. sure. <laughs> they only did it once, though. So it wasn't that cheap. <laughs> I would be, uh, I'd be rubber glove man. I'd just have like, <laughs> no. I'd have like one, my hand would be like a weird claw. I'd be like, wah, I've got claw hands. <laughs> and, and it's like, you bought, you bought a, a fair in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's, it's like from an old. That was literally someone's old Halloween costume it you was. brought from home. That was so bad. Ah, all right. Okay, one more. Which character or characters would have a spin-off TV show? Let's say this was canceled, but just like <laughs> one or two of them could have a show. Mm. I think it's pretty obvious. It's here yours. Frewer, he would have a spinoff show on Netflix called yeah, Sandman. He'd, he'd, called Max Edgar. Oh. The Sandman, he'd rule the, the dream realm. <laughs> or he would have a spinoff called Freddy's Nightmares. <clears throat> which hmm. there really was. I remember that. Yeah. I'm going to... Um, I got one hmm. more. I'd be, he'd hear. be executive. The executive who he shamed about wanting to dress like a woman. Because mm. Matt Frewer has told him to just go buy it. He he went ahead. He said, the Lord of Dreams told me to go buy it. He, he buys women's clothing, and he's much happier. He's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I'm happy. I finally feel happy. And uh, he would have a show. It would be a drama about him finding that out, kind of like trans, Transparent. Was that called that? Anyway, oh, that's mind. good. That's deep. I like that. But he's starting over. Like He'd tell everyone he met the Dream Lord, and he's happier now that he listened to him. Uh, he has a teen son who lives with him who is obsessed with Hootie and the Blowfishes. Not Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. <laughs> George, he just wants it in. But the side effect was the, the whole fart gag. He still liked farting all the time, so no one wanted to hang out with him. Even his son is like, Dad, I'm glad you're happy, but your farts are killing me. Stop it. I died six days ago. Please don't fart anymore. Uh, and the name of this TV show is Life's a Gas. But, Dad, I'm, I'm glad you're happy, but your farts are killing me. You killed me six months ago. Stop farting. Anyway. 
That's my TV I show. I address um, John <laughs> kept beseeching me that please not to kill the t- to kill the podcast. <laughs> the script of the pilot episode of Life's a Gas starring Matt Stewart. So I say no. I, the man, the man, the man who he told to buy the dress. Who's like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do, oh, and yes. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. But he farted too much. That's what ruined it. All right, um, Mikey, do you have a character who gets their spinoff? I mean, I did, even though it was under bad circumstances. I like the idea of Angelo and his girl meeting up in the dream world and just having a rom-com. And then when they wake up, they kind of go their own separate ways, but then they always go back to sleep and they have more rom-com adventures in in their dreams. That is nice. That's actually a nice one. It's like Romeo and Juliet in the real world. They can't, like, meet. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to say Angelo and Jujubee. Stretchy and the girl. Can't fucking say her name. All right, so here's mine. So I have learned from listening to this Eddie Bimco podcast, I've learned about Maud and the greater Maud universe mm-hmm. and how it was – That's is that Norman Lear? Yes. So Norman Lear would basically write these shows and then he would do spinoffs of like not the most obvious characters because he doesn't want to break up like the dynamic. He would do it like about like – it seemed like a popular thing was to be like the housekeeper would get their own series. Yeah. So I'm going to spin off Jubilee's Parents. Where it's just going to be them living a happy life wherever the hell that they lived. And maybe once an episode, they're like, didn't we used to have a daughter? But it doesn't matter because they, now they have like disposable incomes. And like they don't have to worry about their crappy mutant daughter blowing up the arcade and all her right. stuff. Like they just, it's just them having like the best midlife resurgence of, the, of love and, and lust. And, <laughs> and it's just great. And then, like, you know, maybe, like, once a season, the actor that plays Jubilee comes home, and they're like, oh. And, ah. And, and then could be a different actress all the time. You know, <laughs> I had a memory from this when it aired, when I was a younger person, a kid, whatever. I, if you would ask me, I thought that Jubilee was played by Courtney Cox. Really? Huh. Which doesn't make sense. No. Because Friends was already on the air at this point, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I would have 100% also, thought that the that this was like a weird misstep on her road to fame as one of the friends. Like that hmm. like it was oh yeah, then they cast Courtney Cox as Jubilee, but that's definitely not the case. You didn't think it was the woman hmm. from Northern Exposure. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the doctor, the guy, Joel. Well, that's that. That's that movie. Right. That Mike mm. kind of liked a little bit. I was trying to find some, you, you know, you put well, on if, what could you have done to correct this? And I think there were some things to that were working that they obviously took and used towards um, the I'm X-Men sorry. movie, I think. Is that me or you, George? Yeah, what's happening? Uh, it must be you. I'll give it a minute. Well, we live close enough by that it might come by me. <laughs> Coming your way. <laughs> but now it's time for Mikey to tell us his embarrassing high school story. My embarrassment. Right. You gave me a hint think, at the beginning, and I forget what you said. So, where'd you go to school? Can you tell us what state or what? Uh... Yeah, I want to uh, back up a little too. My my DMs to Tim, if we could reveal them. He was just like, yeah. And I was telling him like, you know, I don't really don't have like a fun, funny experience in in high school. And he's like, yeah, okay. So like a Monday or Tuesday, when are we recording? And I was like, well, I was like, well, you know, like I don't know. Like he's like, well, we'll watch Generation X. I was like, all right, all right. That's fine. He wasn't taking no for an answer. But I was like, high school is not really fun or funny. I hear these great stories and I don't have them. Um, I went to school. I lived in, grew up in New York. Um, when I was in high school, it was Putnam County. Um, 
I, it's funny how I think you guys re revealed what the town you lived in. I don't know if we could do that. Um, north of Westchester, which is which is which is near uh, near to uh, where the Xavier School of Gifted Youngsters is. I was yes. in oh. Mayapack, New York. Um, so first day of high school, I was trying to think of the story, and obviously it should have started with the very first day of high school. I should have known what it was gonna. It was foreshadowing the next four years. What grade very is that first for day, you, though? Is that ninth? That's ninth grade. That's true. Okay. It's ninth grade for me. What was it for you? We just had one big school from 7 to 12. So it was That's like, right. That's right. Nightmare. Yes. <laughs> so ninth grade, obviously nervous. I had bad, bad anxiety. But in first day, you kind of figure you're just doing curriculums. There's nothing really to be nervous about. New school, first period, second period, I'm feeling kind of nauseous. I just figured this nerves. Third period, I am, it's art. I remember this. And I do not feel good. I'm sick to my stomach. And I'm like interrupting the teacher doing their thing and saying like, can I go to the bathroom? <clears throat> and they're looking at me like, you go to the bathroom. Okay, you're interrupting already. Leave everything there. I go to the, now I'm looking <laughs> for the bathroom already? at school. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'm walking around to school. I have no idea where anything is. This is my oh, first no. day in the school. I don't know where oh, the bathrooms no. are. I'm not feeling good. There's a it's empty. Everybody's in class. It's like the one time that the hallways are empty. There's not a soul there. And I'm sick to my stomach. I cannot throw up. I'm like the worst throw up. I'm like ready to throw up. And there's one woman walking around. I'm like, where's the nurse? I need to find the nurse. And she's like, uh, I don't even know if the nurse, I don't even know if the nurse is here. Um, I'll, I'll show you that. She's like the nurse's office over there down the wing. I was like, it's my first day of school. I don't know. Can you please walk me in the nurse's office? I get there and I just sprawl out on the, on the bed. I'm sick to my stomach. I don't know what's going on. And um, the nurse is like, you're already playing sick? Like, I thought I would be, like, chilling for, what like, the next dick. month. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, please, you got to call my mom. You got to call my mom. I'm throwing up now at this point. I'm sorry saying, mm -hmm. you got to call my mom. I'm throwing up over the side of, side of the, the bed. And um, Did you hit a bucket? My, yeah, they you had didn't like get one to the of those. Bathroom even? I didn't even get to the bathroom. I'm like throwing up on the floor. I'm like, I'm uh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's like, it's that, fine. You jerk nurse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, so like, at least she knows now. I felt better because I'm like, she knows I'm not faking it. Because she kept going yeah. like, Are you sure? Like, what class were you in? Are you nervous? I, everybody gets nervous. I'm like, No. <laughs> My mom comes. We go to the hospital. Oh no. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on. I'm throwing. They put me in a wheelchair. I'm throwing up at the hospital. I don't know what's going on. Um, wheelchair. and the doctors are doing all these tests. There's doctors sticking their fingers up my butts. Like the, it gets to that point. Cause they have no idea what's going on with me. And Wait, I was well, they take I'm, off all your clothes. And yes. <laughs> the guy said he was a doctor. I don't know. Um, but they, but they're, they're uh -huh. concerned. They don't know what's going on. They think it's appendicitis, but they're like, I don't think you should be throwing up like this. And they're like, we're going to keep them overnight or run some tests. I'm throwing up mm. all night. I can't deal with it. Oof. Wake up in the morning and mm. I'm fine. I don't know if it's a day or two, but I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. So then I go back to school. This is like two days later. And I'm like the asshole kid that like skipped out of like all the classes, all these teachers, like I'm, I'm going to class and they're like, oh, you're Michael Palatino? Like, why weren't you here? Like, mm -hmm. why weren't you here? Like, you're skipping out already? Like, and so now they have my, their eye on me. They think I'm right. like the troubled kid. The art teacher that I left was the one guy that I remember because all my books were still there. And uh, he was kind of pissed at me because he thought, like, I was just skipping art class and I was taking advantage of the art teacher. And at that point, I really was, like, devoted to art. I really wanted mm -hmm. to hit, um, kind of become a better artist in high school. And so I'm off to a be 
bad start already, and I was trying to tell him what happened. Here's my doctor's note. Anyway, the one reason I brought up this story was because that art teacher, um, he gave me a hard time, but then there was one day he kind of let us draw whatever we want. And I remember drawing, it was like a, a comic lady. page. Naked lady. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, that's what it was. Naked lady vomiting. <laughs> I'm like, this was me, but not naked lady. It was something like tell a story. So I did a comic and I did a couple panels and it was like um, a Simpson thing and it was super violent. I thought I would be like, you know, edgy and edgy. draw something Simpson. And so he's like, I'm going to, you know, portfolio reviewed you at the end of class. And uh, I remember showing it to him and he said, oh, I like what you did here. This is good storytelling, but you know what I have a problem with on this page. And I was like, yeah, I know the violence. He's like, no, no, like the violence, I don't, that's actually tame. Like, I don't even think it's that bad. My problem is, is that you drew established characters and these aren't yours and you should have drawn something that you created. Oh, wow. mm. And at this point I was drawing like Marvel stuff. That's all I was drawing. I was drawing my own Spider-Man comics, my own X-Men comics. Generation X? And I, <laughs> I make, really, t- well, that's why I mentioned it because I really took it to heart. And what he said, and I thought it was really important. And um, he ended up getting sick that year, and he ended up dying. Oh, and oh I, I was thought about like what he said to me, and I did like on my spare time, I drew my own comic of like my own characters. It was just me and my friends. But like I said, like I'm not going to draw like a Spider-Man or a Marvel comic. I'm going to spend my spare time drawing my own comic. And throughout high school, I drew my own comic. It was called The Punks, and it was like teenagers get their own powers. And um, but I did like six or seven issues, and and I. I kind of think back to that teacher and that story um, as my not embarrassing high school moment, but just something that was just so otherworldly and so weird. And it Mm kind of had like a bookend that kind of like changed my life at the end. Uh, So that's my weird, embarrassing story that of being super sick for I've never knew, never knew what happened. But you never knew what happened. And yet your art teacher died. What was going on at that school? He was, uh, (laughs) he was in the dream world. He was an interesting guy. He had a, a prosthetic leg. He, got, he lost it in a motorcycle accident. And um, oh, oh. He, was just, he was just like the older guy. Like not so old, but like just I guess in poor health. And um, I remember getting a substitute towards the end of the year. Super attractive lady that the gym teacher ended up marrying. But, um, <laughs> but I, and I, you know what's weird is like it's one of those teachers I think about. I really remember the conversation we had and what happened. And it had such a lasting impression on me. I don't know his name. Which is super weird. I don't have like a yearbook now to look back on, and it's—I wonder if he even existed. <laughs> it was Max, Max Headroom like coming to, to visit me? But well, that was my that, story. You had a heartwarming time. story. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. I mean, that was amazing. I have all uh, dumb jokes I want to say, but I feel like they'll cheapen it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Mm. Well, we talked so long. I don't want to brush you off. I appreciate you coming on the show. <laughs> Mm. Mikey, you've been Thank on you. like every no, show. That was fun, except Bat and Spider because they don't have guests. So. <laughs> Thank you. This was this was really cool, and I, you know, I really would listen to the show and think, man, I don't have a good show, a good idea for the show. I don't know what I would talk about, but everybody's been uh, such a good good guest on this, and um, oh, don't worry, it was cool hanging with you guys. I think people think it's a competition. No, and I, I mean. No, no, not a competition. More like, uh, what would you bring to the table? Well, one George brought it. The best <laughs> story will win a lot of money, but there's no competition. <laughs> I think your story was great in that it actually 
thematically kind of tied in with uh, Jay's yeah. comics. I didn't know we did it backwards. I was going to lead into, right. and I was strong, you know, reading comics to, to do. Do, do you want to give this a shout out to anything to going on? You work with, mm-hmm. you just help out. Yeah. Tech. Help yeah, support anybody on the tape deck and support any of these podcasts. Um, and I've been doing episode art for the movie mixtape, which is a great movie, uh, podcast as well. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Okay. Watch generation X. <laughs> yes. Bye Mikey. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is the end of the show. This right, is so the end of the show. <laughs> this it's is the end. end of, end of SETI BIMCO. Maybe forever. Maybe forever. <laughs> But email us anyway, setibimco with the E at Gmail. Oh, Tim, is there any emails this week? Oh, and the email, we got no email. So please email us, setibimco with the E at Gmail. Uh, on Instagram, seti underscore bimco. Uh, at the Twitters, setibim. On YouTube, you can listen for free. Email us, rate us and listen. And uh, check out George's Hypothetical Island. Hypo- it's if you want to hype it. Yep. Hypothetical Island Podcast with my co-host Riley Brown, uh, two comics guys talking to a bunch of other comics guys. We make up a lot of goofy shit. Um, yeah. Thank you, George, for filling in. It was my pleasure. If anything, if uh, John ever runs afoul of the authorities again and has to like leave town, I'm only too happy to step in. We'll see. He's hanging out with Leslie Van Houten. <laughs> I need to look that person. I can't oh, believe you don't know who she is. No, I don't. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know. All right, All right. this show's over. End it. All right, fine. Bye. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.